ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitri. We want to say thank you, as we always do, for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. And remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. I was checking. I was Googling to make sure y'all were leaving those five-star reviews because anything less is un acceptable <laughs> t um we got you know so much so much good stuff to talk about we're going to talk about whether or not the Atlanta falcons got a two two and 15 roster is that where they're built are they built to be the number one have the number one overall pick next year cordell patterson touched on that we'll give our thoughts on that and as the trade deadline comes to a close are the braves the favorites in the national league Ooh, that's going to be an interesting conversation. And last but not least, and for the culture, what's the best soul food in Atlanta? And it's George Jefferson's birthday? <laughs> we'll talk about all that. <laughs> but before we get there, the, the Atlanta Braves last night, T, oh my goodness. They absolutely spanked the Philadelphia Phillies like they should be spanked. And yeah. with... The man, the myth, the legend, Spencer Strider on the mound. Oh my God, I was excited last night just watching him work last night. I don't know about you, but that's where that's kind of where my head was. I was just excited, just excited. And I know technically it was the second of the month, but I was feeling like it was the first of the month. Like he was signing checks and come on, yeah, I was like feeling that man. Like Spencer Strider was out there just reading the Phillies for filth. He literally said this last week after he read him for filth in Philadelphia. He said, hey, I don't care who is in the lineup, who's in the batter's box. I'm just going to do me. I'm going to do what I do best, and I'm just going to go for it. And so he read him for filth again, rookie of the month for July, of course. But also, Jarvis, just not just the 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 power if you will or or, or the, the the speed if you will but just switching the pitches on them and just showing that arsenal again and the poise on the mound you know he got that first he got tagged for one run in the second inning and it did he didn't blink so 13 strikeouts later a 13 and one win later man oh man is it great to see what spencer strider is consistently able to do and and that on top of it i know like you said we're going to deep dive into it but that on top of what Alex Anthopoulos did at the trade deadline. You got to be happy that you got that guy heading into the back half of this season and the postseason. No doubt about it. And when you think about where they are and as far as what they're doing right now and the way they're playing and the way we talked about those bats getting going, we'll get a little bit mm -hmm. more yeah. into that a little bit later on. But mm -hmm. coming up, we got to talk about Cordell Patterson and him talking about, you know, 2 and 15. Of course, it's in reference to the USA, USA Today report that came out mm -hmm. not too long ago. Yes. We'll talk about whether or not the Falcons roster, the way it's currently constructed, is mm -hmm. a, can they go 2 and 15? Is that even possible? But before we get there, T, tell them about Bet Online and where they can maybe put some little money on 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 some on on what that over under what that is for the Atlanta Falcons this year. 
That's exactly what I was thinking, Jarvis. That's the perfect way to start because that's your number one source for all your betting needs, all the sports info. You can find out the latest sports developments. And that's important because Jarvis and I were even talking in our pre-brief about the fact that we've seen a lot of guys go down some critical players, whether it's the wide receiver for the Cowboys or in the case of the Broncos, a couple of players, both on offense and defense. And that could change the landscape in a very competitive AFC West and also in the NFC East as well. So those numbers that may have come out just a few weeks ago on over-unders for various teams, various divisions, they could change. Want to know how you know how to update or continue to follow the appropriate betting for each and every one of those scenarios, it's betonline.net. So that's when you're going for the main uh, sports, but also if you're going after a niche sport and trying to understand what's going on in MMA and how to bet. Also boxing and golf, you know, Jarvis, that world keeps turning topsy-turvy based on what people yes. are doing or golfers are doing or not doing with live golf. So again, if you want that kind of information, it's really easy to go to that website. You can do it right from your mobile device to learn about the trends. And you know, we keep up with those trends as well as sportscasters, but betonline.net, it is where the game starts. So if you want to know what the true trends are real time, check out betonline.net. No doubt about it. And I want to read a quote from Cordell Patterson T. And it's exactly what he said. As long as we do better than 215, 2 and 15, and have the and not have the number one overall pick, we've done our job. And when you think about, and of course somebody follow, you know, followed up on him, followed up on that, and he was just kind of like, you don't really focus on that. You know, those some you hear the stuff, but you know, it's on it's on you whether or not you're gonna believe it or not. Mm -hmm. But to, for him to bring it up unprompted, <laughs> I, I think that the the Falcons kind of understand that as some disrespect, right? Because USA, yeah. like I mentioned before, USA Today projected them to go 2-15 and 15 and essentially have the number one overall pick. Mm -hmm. And just looking up and down this roster. Now, of course, we can be objective. We've been covering this team for quite some time, and we mm -hmm. kind of understand and get a good vibe so far as what to what's going on with this team we know they have a lot of holes but i don't know about you i do not see this team only winning two games this year specifically especially since they won seven last year yeah. <laughs> with this worst roster <laughs> bar right. the quarterback right. Right. i was trying to figure out once again and you and i talked about an article a, a couple of weeks ago that kind of was in a similar vein didn't quite go two and fifteen but somewhere in that ballpark. And we were trying to, we were wondering how, Sway, because if you look at the roster as currently constructed versus what it was last year, you hit the nail on the head. How do they regress that much? And that's not to say there may not be some regression. Maybe they hover around six and 11. Who knows? It could be that. It could be five and 12, or it could go up as well to be eight, nine, or, or even nine and eight. Let's just be honest. But two and 15, I think is really very harsh, especially because when Dean Pease, the defensive coordinator, is saying that he's going to install 100% of his defense, which he could only install 60% last year, this is a guy who has been the architect of multiple defenses that have won Super Bowls. He has mm -hmm. been the, the, the engine behind multiple Hall of Famers. So if he's saying that he can install his defense full and, and load that barrel fully, that tells me alone that the defense is going to be the orchestrator of getting this team more wins. Now, that's part one. Let me just give you a quick on part two, Jarvis. You and I don't typically go down this route 
day one, ATL day ones does not typically look at schedules and go, okay, win here, you know, lost there, W there, L there. But when I look at this schedule, Jarvis, I do see way more than two wins. And I know they're going to start out. It's going to be difficult, right? They got to start out with the Saints. And that's kind of a 50-50 ball. We know that for every single year. And then they've got the Rams. That's a tough one. Seahawks, that's a win. Browns, that's a toss-up, but I'm just going to give it to them for kicks and giggles. And then they go to Tampa Bay, and again, they've played Tampa Bay tough the last couple of years. So if you get two wins, and I believe they can, out of those first five or six games, are you trying to tell me that then they're going to go 0 and 12 the rest of the way? Not buying it. Not buying it. Yeah, and that's the thing Like you got to really think about when you talk about what it is that Arthur Smith brings to the table. Like he he understands exactly what how his roster is made, the makeup of his roster. And I think he called a play. No, I, not I think he called plays accordingly. He knew mm-hmm. what he had to do in order to attempt to move the football and try to put points on the board last year because he understood where his offensive line was. He understood where the running game was. He yes. knew what exactly he just used the pieces that he had mm-hmm. to do what he used. He just used what he had and, yes. and he's very creative and he was very creative in doing that last year. Yeah. And I think that yeah. he's going to do that again last year with more weapons. So with yeah. more weapons and preferably the offensive line gets a little bit better. Yeah. I think that you're going to have a, some some potential in this offense because I think that the way Kyle Pitts has been looking mm-hmm. <laughs> so far, I think he's ready to eat this year. And, and mm-hmm. I think that I don't and I don't see anything less. I don't expect anything less from Kyle Pitts you know, mm-hmm. in this season. I agree, Jarvis. And even some of the our early reports and our early observations on Drake London has our eyes kind of like, so go back to what you said about the offense. And if the O line just gets come on, five degrees, 10 degrees, if they move the needle five degrees or 10 degrees, it's going to still be better than last year. And yes, they don't have Matt Ryan under center, but Marcus Mariota is serviceable. And if Desmond Ritter is even, I don't know, halfway or three quarters of the way as good as what we see, and then he ends up playing, I still think that could be positive, especially because if the offense can just keep the defense off the field just a little bit more, and then the defense is markedly better than they were last year. How, once again, can you convince me that they, on the back half, meaning the last 12 games, are going to go 0-12? Because that's what I'm seeing, Jarvis. When I'm looking at the first five games of this season, I think at least two of them, maybe three, are winnable. So, again, I'm not seeing an Arthur Smith-led team. And I love what you said about Arthur having more weapons and also the lessons that he's learned in his first Mm -hmm. season. Right getting his his offense installed with better talent, getting the defense uh, the defensive schemes installed with better talent for Dean Pease, I do see better things ahead for the Falcons than a 2-15 and 15 record. No doubt about it. And to add to that, T, you know, last year he didn't play any of the starters last year. Like yep. there was some, a lot of questioning coming behind that. So, and he's confirmed this year that they will play. And I think that, if he doesn't like what he sees in that starting lineup, whether they get one or two series or maybe even a half in the game that they're going to mm-hmm. normally play a little bit longer, mm-hmm. they can make a move. Yes. <laughs> you know, it, it's it, you'd be more apt to – teams are more apt to make moves in training camp versus you three or four games down the road. You're like, dang, I should have done this. But I think that Arthur Smith has corrected that, and I think he's going he's gonna to get a good look at – and we're going to get a good look at what, mm-hmm. what, what they're working with as well. And, and, hey, it may change, but I don't see right now, as this roster's current construction, I don't see them only winning two games this year. But coming up next, though, T, 
when you think about what went down at the trade deadline, I'm st- I, I started thinking that Double A might just be the best general manager in this city. We'll talk about all that next. This is ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and T, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Don't go anywhere. Do it. Welcome back to ATL Day Ones. I'm Tanitra. That is Jarvis. And we appreciate you guys, as always, pulling up to ATL Day Ones. And we appreciate you guys when you pull up on your podcast platform and you download us. Go ahead and give us that five-star review, just like you've been doing since the day one of day one. So again, appreciate that. Appreciate you guys still going to YouTube as well and dropping those comments in the comment section because we read them. And definitely if you guys make some good points, we might drop those lines into the show as well. But you know what did not drop off? Spencer Strider's performance in the Tuesday night game one of the two game set versus the Phillies. He literally, and I know I said it in segment one, but I'm going to say it again because it's worth mentioning again. He read the Phillies for Phil. Once again, mm-hmm. this is two times in the last week. This time, six and two thirds, a career high 13 strikeouts. And this from the rookie of the month who only gave up that one run in the second inning, blew that off and literally kept it moving. And what I liked about that, maybe arguably more than anything, is not just what it did for the Braves in game one, but what it's going to do for them as they head into that five game series with the Mets in terms of not taxing their bullpen. We hope we see the same in the finale of this series, but definitely you've got to give Spencer Strider so much credit for going nearly seven innings. No doubt about it. And they, and Snicker has talked about, you know, pushing to that, that seventh inning, and trying to get, at least get into it. And, and Strider mm-hmm. was able to do that. And you just, when you think about the way he was just operating, you know, it's, it was just a, a confidence that, that he has and, and just how he you know, moves around and just how he just carries himself. Mm-hmm. It's just the only thing really has been missing from his starts are, you know, the run production. And, yeah. and that's some of the things that we've, we we kind of touched on and we've talked about at, at, at nauseum about. Mm-hmm. And once he, this, this, once this guy, this yeah. Spencer Strider, the folk hero, <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, once he gets this type of run support, Mm-hmm. Now, granted, he's not going to get 13 runs every time he touches the mound. But if you can give this guy four or five runs, man, those guys just don't even look like professionals up there. He's right. throwing these high fastballs. He got the slider working. This dude literally has only two pitches, T. Right. Like, how, he, he literally has – it's going to be a fastball or it's going to be a slider. Like, right. They pick your poison. <laughs> he's working. It's coming. It's coming along. It's coming along. But, oh, my God, he is just – those out pitches, like the fastball and the slider, he's he's throwing those for out pitches as well. It's just, yeah. it is the way he's been working. I'm just like, oh my god, this is the Braves. You just got to give him credit, like just yeah. for just from a scouting standpoint. And you talk about you know getting Austin Riley on the contract long term. The the moves that, that Alex Anthopoulos has made, you know that are coming to fruition now. We're starting to see mm-hmm. it with, along with Michael Harris, who was the rookie of the month in, in the month of June, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I, I think that it's just, I'm just happy. Yeah. I get happy when I watch the Braves because I think about where they are right now and potentially competing for the world, mm-hmm. another world series and in the future, it is just so, just so great. It is. And the run support that you mentioned is critical because this is the sixth time this season that the Braves have literally had double digit 
runs. And that is impressive because that also is one of the top uh, numbers, if you will, in the National League and also, I believe, third amongst the majors overall. So when they get it going, those bats really, really get going. And we're going to talk about some guys who've gone from struggle bats to being on point. But before we talk about those guys and what they've been able to do and getting on point, especially last night, we're going to talk about how Built Bars can get you and your health on point. I have been getting my health on point this year in 2022. I started back working out in the month of January. And let me tell you, I get hungry. If you, you want to look for a snack that is, is healthy and tasty, and it's gonna lift, get you know, get those taste buds going right there. You probably tried the amazing coconut brownie, uh, brownie chunk built bar. Guess what? Your friends at Built have got you covered. They're gonna get you right. So go to builtbar.com and go. I'm sorry, go to built.com and check out the coconut brownie chunk because that is something that I I I absolutely love. I love the chunk. I actually eat the chunks by themselves. I brought it up in the meeting the other day. We were talking about the built bar and it was like, what well, Jarvis, it'll just be a chunk then. It's not gonna be a bar. I love the chunks. The chunks are amazing. And along with that marshmallowy bar, oh my gosh. I think I'm gonna try to find me one when as soon as we get done with the show. I have to eat it. I'm gonna go do it. Well Jarvis, tell me how you're gonna get it then. All right, here you go. I got you. Man, don't go nowhere. I got you. I got you, player. Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's the promo code LOCK15. Go to Built.com. Drop in the promo code box. LOCK15 and get 15% off. And you can act just like me uh, and <laughs> respond just like me and how I've been loving on these Built Bars. You can love on Built Bar, too. Go to Built.com. Yeah. And I tried to get my Bilt Bar chunks in yesterday as I was leaving the gym. And like you said, just famished. But unfortunately, word to the wise, don't leave your Bilt Bar in your car. Not in Atlanta because you come back no, and it's no. a milkshake. So don't do, don't do what I did so you can really actually enjoy your Bilt Bar. And speaking of enjoying things, we have enjoyed at least these last couple of games. Eddie Rosario and Marcel Ozuna moving off the struggle bus with their struggle yes. bats. And getting back to being something worth watching. You know, Marcelo Zuna with three hits last night and two RBI. But more importantly, Eddie Rosario. I mean, like, maybe you should just be with Bobble Knight every home game. Like, for right, real. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you're out there going three for five and hitting a couple doubles and having RBI and just, you know, driving in run after run after run. I mean, it was just incredible incredible what he was able to do in getting so many of those runs scored last night. So Jarvis, I mean, again, when you talk about giving run support to your pitchers, I think one of the most important things is when you don't get it from your player of the month in Austin Riley, when you don't get it from Dansby or Michael Harris or even Ronald Acuna Jr., when you get it from guys that have been struggling and maybe are heating up now in Rosario and Ozuna. No doubt, like that's that 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 is what's going to make this team extremely dangerous, because when you think about even nephew Ronnie, he's starting to heat up just a little bit. He had a really good yeah. game last night, so mm -hmm. those are the, some of the things you got to pay attention to when you're talking about making a run to you know represent the National League at and when it gets a little cool outside, and that's what you that's what that's exactly what the Braves are going for. But when you see Eddie Rosario. And Marcelo Zuna, those are the guys we've talked about on this show um, just a couple of days ago. We talked yeah. about how they need to get going. That's exactly 
and that's exactly what they did. And mm-hmm. when you got these players outside of the guys that you expected from night right. in and night out, that's when it can get – because we know Eddie Rosario can go on the streak and get stupid hot. We know that Marcelo Zuna can get stupid hot because he got that in, in the – um. In the COVID season, in the shortened mm-hmm. season, he absolutely went crazy. You know, yeah. that's how he ended up getting that check from the Braves. You know, kind of, you know, you know, he know what time it is. So mm-hmm. I think that when you see those these guys starting to put some a couple of games like this together, and we talking about potentially overtaking the Mets, especially when you're getting ready to, you know, go up against the Mets, mm-hmm. you know, five games in four days, that is something that you our Braves fans should definitely get excited about. Absolutely, they should. And listen, when you look at what the Braves did and you look at what the Dodgers and Padres, or the Dodgers, what they didn't do, they actually stood pretty pat uh, heading towards and into the trade deadline. But obviously, the Padres are one of those teams that did, man, I mean, what they were doing, they were sneaking on folks. Josh mm-hmm. Bell and Josh Hader and Juan Soto, I mean, they oh. were they were creeping on the come up, but trade for an all-star that, team. Exactly. Right. You just trade for an all-star team. But it's interesting because GM Alex Anthopoulos, whom, like you said, arguably just is the best GM in the city. Heck, I'm going to just give him the best GM in oh, all yeah. of Major League Baseball. And no, he, no doubt. If, if he's not, he should be in the conversation for the things that he's able to do because we were all pretty impressed and, and pretty encouraged by going out there and getting the likes of, you know, Jake Odorizzi, right? And then, mm-hmm. right? For that deadline, he said, "Now I'll sneak one more in for you. I'll go out there and sell Iglesias, and you know, just for kicks and giggles." And so once again, he does his magic, and now we're having the conversation of: Are the Braves in position? Did they put themselves in position to now be the favorites, at least to represent the National League, going back to the World Series, based on, like I said, what the Padres did do or what the Dodgers didn't do? You know what? To be honest with you, when you think about it and kind of put it in perspective, like all mm-hmm. the teams and they just made the names, excuse me, the Padres, mm-hmm. the Dodgers, and mm-hmm. those guys. Yeah, you think about those. Yeah, 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 whatever. And he knows, I think that those are some of the things that you have to kind of really think about when you're answering this question. And, mm-hmm. and I think that I still like the Braves. I still mm-hmm. like the Braves internationally. I think that's mm-hmm. a, a huge possibility. Like now, you know the Dodgers are the nemesis. You know with Freddie Freeman yeah. being over there, they faced each other, and you know within the past couple of years in the playoffs, mm-hmm. you know they know they're gonna have to get past those guys because those yeah. are the guys who've been there, right? And and when you think about those ancillary pieces that he added mm-hmm. because there was a need there, and you think about some of the people that are coming back. You got uh, Ozzy Albee's coming back. You have Kirby Yates, who's Mm-hmm. who's been showing really well in, in the minor yeah. leagues and he's getting ready to, you know, and he was the reason why um, Will Smith was expendable. You know, mm-hmm. those, like, that was, that's what that is. And then you bring in Iglesias, who you're going to have in the short term and mm-hmm. in the long term as well because Kenley Jansen, hey, he's no spring chicken. So right. that's the thing that I talk about, with, I think about with Alex Anthopoulos and just how he's, he, he's, a, he's a forward thinker and he's mm-hmm. thinking in the moment as well. I was watching looking at the press conference from after you know kind of uh, recapping the uh, trade deadline and one thing that he said to me that he said it just really stood out to me and I was just he was just like he said my job is to worry you know I have to think about the present and the future mm-hmm. and he he just said it with such confidence and I was just like man this dude this dude 
got it, man. He's yeah. figured it out. The Braves yeah. have been have been struggling for quite some time. They brought mm-hmm. in Alex Anthopoulos and they had all the issues with, you know, putting up bags of money in hotels and all that stuff for foreign players and all that stuff. He has wiped all of that away. Yeah. People don't even talk about that stuff anymore because Alex Anthopoulos has come in here and became the guy that Terry McGurk and company were looking for. And, mm-hmm. and the Braves fans are happy. I am happy. And I know you're happy as well. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It definitely encouraged and pleased with how everything played out. And, and don't get me wrong, we see what those other teams were able to do. We already talked about the Padres, the Josh, the Josh, and the Juan that they picked up. And we talked about, you know, what the Mets were able to do in getting uh, Joey Gallo, excuse me, Tyler Nockhan. Dodgers got Joey Gallo. And then, of course, Joey they're going to get Walker Bueller back. So it's going to be interesting. And we, of course, know that the Mets got Jake DeGrom back. So it gets to be interesting in the National League. But everything that you just said about what Anthopolis did certainly puts the Braves right up there in the conversation to be the favorites. And listen, before we get out of this conversation about baseball, we would be remiss if we did not at least acknowledge that one of the best, if not the greatest voice in baseball uh, left us. We Another goat gone in uh, Ben Scully, who passed away on Tuesday at the age of 94, longest tenure since 1950. He was calling games for the Dodgers before retiring a couple years ago. And for us, Jarvis, we didn't have the good fortune of necessarily hearing him call a game in person. But one of the things that makes him even special to Atlanta is the fact that he called the game when Hank Aaron broke the record. And I just want to say this real quick. So much respect in listening to that, playing it back at my other job earlier today mm-hmm. because right. he did something that was so impressive. He let it breathe. He let it breathe for mm. about 30 or 45 good seconds and then put a bow on it with simple context. This is one of the most amazing things to happen to Atlanta, for the state of Georgia, for this nation, and for this world to see a Black man in the South get a standing ovation for breaking Babe Ruth's record. And I thought, that's what made him so special. Wow. And, and and when you think, first of all, rest in peace, Ben Scully. And when you think about that, right, like for him as a white man to put it into context like that and and honor that moment, have so much mm-hmm. respect respect for that for that moment, and it, it says a lot as well. And you know, and you think that you know, you all these brought. He was just a guy that you know when you listen to him. Like I always, always really appreciate broadcasters that make me sound that make me comfortable. You yes. know, and it just it's the way he, the way he talks, the way they kind of talk about the game, and the way he just not overbearing, like you said, letting things breathe. We, we as broadcasters, we talk about that all the time, you know, and, yes. and doing games and stuff like that, and broadcasting games, and, and you just have such a huge respect for what he's done, you know, in in, in this industry. So, yeah, definitely a, a good one, good one left us uh, yesterday. Indeed, indeed, and again. Our thoughts and prayers are with the Scully family. Now, when we come back in For the Culture, we're going to go in the opposite direction and talk about this day or the last couple of days being a born day for some interesting folks. And we're going to have a little bit of a debate like we always do about food on this show. So if you want to know which debate we're having about food this time and whose birthday it is, come back on the other side. Final segment of ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and T. We want to thank you for rocking with us throughout the entire show. And for those who don't know who T is, that's Tanitra. That's her <laughs> right there. She's sitting right next to me right there. <laughs> we want to thank you for rocking with us throughout the entire show. And like I mentioned, and also liking and subscribing to our YouTube channel. Like I said, if you're having issues finding us on YouTube 
when you listen on the audio version, wherever you download your podcast, make sure you go ahead and do that. Just go to the YouTube. You know the, know the website, youtube.com. Drop in the search box, Locked On Sports Atlanta. We'll pop right up. I promise you. And once you, we promise you, we're not going to waste your time. We're going (laughs) to give you exactly what you're looking for, which is talking about Atlanta sports. But T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. And today is no different. Now, you know, second round pick Tyrese Martin for the Atlanta Hawks. They drafted him out of UConn. They put out an interesting tweet the other day, T. And when you sent me this. My mind started churning, and I started going through in my head, and I started thinking about certain things. But he said, he tweeted, where can I find the best soul food? And for me, T, like, the soul food that I got growing up in this city came mm-hmm. from Big Mama House. And, uh, you know, she is no longer with us, so I can't invite him out to her house right. for, for dinner. And she would, he would be invited, trust me, because Big yeah. Mama used to do mind cooking for anybody, any and everybody. If you wanted to come eat and you were hungry, let's come on down to uh, to the promised land and uh, she'll take care of you. But I think that I st- there was a couple of names that came to mind, but okay. there was the one, and the one, one that first, the first one that came to my mind, it was Busy Bees, you know, right there off Martin Luther King, you know. And you know they they got they got the goods that good good and there was another place that came to mind uh, for me is and it's it's open but it's not the same and it's Hodges mm-hmm. off Candler mm-hmm. Road in Decatur. Oh, okay. Like, well, you talking about going to get some good old peach cobbler, some good macaroni mm-hmm. and cheese, some good barbecue too. I know you said soul food, but those sides were had all the soul in them. But it's not the same. Also, I don't go there over there anymore, but. If you talk talking about maybe about 10 years ago, that Hodges and of course Busy Bees, those are some good old restaurants. That's probably about the best thing you can get as far as from a soul food standpoint. And I will be the first to tell you that I'm probably in a select group that does not like Busy Bees. Not impressed, didn't mm. like it, went twice, thought thank you, but no thank you, because I gave him a second try. Mm, not the move because I am all about. I saw the look on your face. I'm like, yeah, it's something. I'm from there. New Orleans. I'll play it. You know, I will, I will, I will dissect your food in a heartbeat. Be like, mm, they didn't put enough of this seasoning. Mm, they didn't put that seasoning at all. Oh wow, you got it right. And I'm sorry, just didn't get it right for me. And the portions, you know, I'm big on portions. Although I yeah, they are a little skip on the portions now. Yeah. Yes. Although I, I eat small portions, but I want you to give me big portions and then give let me my money's me, worth. Yeah, then do. let me like section them off. <laughs> yes, my spot. Whether it is breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever it is, well, really, okay, not breakfast, because you all know that's my Atlanta Breakfast Club with their ABC chicken and waffles as backup. But for soul food for lunch and dinner, for me, it is the beautiful in Cascade. Nobody compares to them. I don't care what you all say. They have these large meatballs that they used to do pre-pandemic. I'm just, I call them once a week. Y'all bring them back. You bring them back. You bring them back. They haven't brought them back yet, but the, the meatballs are like humongous. And they're, you know, made from scratch and they're just awesome. And then, like you said, the macaroni and cheese is killer. I'm the one person here. I'm from Louisiana, so I do not eat collards. I eat cabbage and I eat mustards and they kill cabbage. They absolutely kill cabbage. So, yeah, that those are my two for you, Tyrese. If you want to check out uh, Atlanta Breakfast Club, if you want some good breakfast, soul food style breakfast, then that's your place. Or ABC Chicken and Waffles, their other spot. Or if you want good, good soul food for lunch and dinner, 
you better take yourself to Cascade right there off 285 in Cascade, or you can hit it from 20 in MLK as well. Drop by. They had the beautiful, made me hit the door with a mind for the attitude. Oh, my God. <laughs> Went into the Goody Mob. Sorry about that. For, uh, for those who don't know, that's a Goody Mob uh, yes, lyric. Yes. You can go check that out. Um, it's on the first <laughs> album, and it's called Soul Food. So, yeah, go check that bad boy out if you want to know the reference. All right, now, but got some good, some interesting birthdays that have just passed, and we're going to talk about them. But before we get there, T, tell the folks about Coffee AM right up the road. Yes. Now, if you happen to drop in any of those spots to get your breakfast on, yes, they might have some coffee there, but they don't have coffee like Coffee AM. So mm -hmm. what you want to do is go to one of those soul spots that we recommend. It's old food spots that might have uh, serve breakfast as well. But come home and get your Coffee AM on because that is still supporting an Atlanta-based business, which is great. But they're also one of the best, if not the best, small batch roasting companies in the country. So look, when we talk about that, we talk about freshness, just like you would want your fresh breakfast. You want your fresh coffee to go with it. So when you place that order, for example, literally the coffees are roasted that same day or close to it because freshness is important to them. Roasting current crops, specialty grade coffee is important to them. Getting it direct trade, fair trade, or organic is important as well. So go to coffeeam.com slash locked on, and you can find the full menu, the coffee that Jarvis always talks about, the tea that I love, and the gift sets as well that you can give to someone else. And if you do it, I'm going to say do it today. You can get 15% off that first order by using the promo code locked on. So again, check out coffeeam.com slash locked on. You won't regret it because again, it is the best small batch roaster in the country right here in your backyard in ATL. In the country. Go ahead and check that bad boy out. Now, T, we had, you know, George Jessen was a guy that I grew up on. I actually love watching that cartoon, but <laughs> apparently his birthday uh just passed not too long ago and um apparently another dude who everybody like to call the goat and you know it's kind of hard to argue against that tom brady his birthday passed as well so you know happy birthday to george jesson and uh that guy that yes. dude up so we, that used to be in Fox we know pb12 birthday <laughs> right exactly you know pb12 birthday is today but look anybody trying to give you a birthday gift and we'll yeah anybody trying to give you all that love not yeah, trying to atlanta show birthday. come on man but george jetson now that one just intrigued me because to think that when we were kids he was talking about the the year 2022 that was what yeah so we yes. were supposed to by now be, be you know, flying around work in little you know mini spaceships or whatever yeah why we ain't doing that now why we not right. flying around right now what's going now, on have these little conveyor belts in our homes and everything to get us from point a to point b and um domestic workers that are really robots so it's interesting right. yeah so yes allegedly okay. supposedly his birthday was right around july 31st or somewhere here in these last couple of days but shout out to you george jesson happy birthday and say hi to Jane, his wife. Anyway, Josh, <laughs> thank you guys for stopping by. We appreciate you guys for stopping by. And we appreciate the WNBA for acknowledging Ryan Howard once again as your Baller. three months in a row rookie of the month. Ball out tonight 
win the dream, take on the fever right there down at the Gateway Center in College Park. And we're going to be talking to you guys about hopefully a sweep of the Phillies tomorrow. Going to talk more Falcons training camp and anything ATL sports related. So check us out first. Check out Hitting Heart with John Chuckery. And don't forget about A to Z with Mark Zeno. Have a great afternoon. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Y'all come back now, you hear?